Hamidi Merckx, you listen to the bicycle show on Resonance 104.4 FM. Listening to the bike show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston, and this show is all about style. in the studio are two gentlemen very well qualified to talk about matters stylish, matters sartorial. We have Andrea Casalotti, who runs the most stylish bicycle shop in London, Velarusian, well known to listeners of The Bike Show. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. And we have Jean-Marie Oron, general French man about town, founding member of the Tweed Cycling Club. We'll have more of that uh, later in the show. Welcome to the show, Jean-Marie. Hello, Jack. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about style. We're going to be talking about clothing. We're going to be talking about a fashion show that's coming up, looking at bicycle clothing and how to make it much more appealing than the Lycra stereotypes. Um, we're also going to be talking about style in a more general sense to do with the great riders of the Tour de France because as we head towards the Grand Départ, of the Tour de France in the city of London this year, we're going to be featuring lots of things to do with the Tour de France. There's no way we can resist that. Um, and dovetailing neatly into that subject is a follow-on from last week's show. Um, as you may recall, last week's show came from Provence in the south of France, uh, where I was down there with William Greswell on bicycles, enjoying the lavender fields. And um, we left you with the possibility that the two of us would make an attempt of Le Mont Ventoux, which is one of the most legendary uh, alpine, well, it's not alpine, I guess it's, but it's a mountain climb in the very south of France there, a mountain that just sticks up out of, um, out of Provence like a, 
I don't know, like a lunar landscape um, with, with, the, with the kind of skirting of, of forest. Anyway, um, many people will know of Mont Ventoux for the rather grisly reason that it is the place where the greatest ever British cyclist of his time, Tom Simpson, died in 1967. And it was at the little shrine to his death um, on the mountain that William and I stopped on our way up the mountain. Well, we've entered the last two kilometres of the ascent and uh, we've stopped for a moment at the site where... Tom Simpson died and where there is now a small memorial to him. Let's go up and take a closer look. There's a plaque there from his daughters, Jane and Joanne, left on July the 13th. 1997, which I guess is the 30th anniversary of when he died, 13th of July 1967, in the Tour de France of that year. And the plaque has a few steps in front of it, which is just covered in water bottles, bidons, and other little mementos, a few flowers, some energy cream, pen and uh, we're going to add to the collection of mementos with a very small red bidon kind of miniature child's bidon which we've filled with a bit of trail mix to uh, nourish the soul of Tom Simpson and uh, long live his memory people are cheering and shouting everything is complete excitement in typical continental fashion and this greatest possible moment in British cycling because Tom Simpson must at least be second and no Englishman has ever been nearer than fourth and that was Simpson himself last year and Tom is leading at the moment Simpson I can see now down the road way way down the road I can see them coming up a tremendous effort between the two they're side by side Simpson in the blue jersey with the red sleeves for England and Altig is on his wheel. Altig is on his wheel. They're on the near side of the road and they are going for the line like mad and Simpson I think is going to do it. Simpson is away. He's clear. Simpson has won. Simpson has won the World Championship the first time ever by a Great Britain rider. Well, those were some memories of Tom Simpson and the bike show's tribute to Tom Simpson uh, hopefully will stay there throughout the summer. Um, and mind you, that ride is a real tough one. Um, we were lucky enough to stay for the next day and watch Christophe Moreau, who went on to win the Dauphiné Libre um, stage race, come up the mountain the next day. And the speed that those guys go at is just incredible when they're racing up those mountains. But what is not very incredible about those professional bicycle riders is what they're wearing. They're kitted out from head to toe in lycra. Lycra? Surely not. Surely. Well, we are not kitted out in lycra um, this evening. We're, in fact, all wearing dinner jackets, just like they do over at the BBC. And uh, Kristin, our engineer, is, who's normally kind of in a sort of more casual affair, she's in a very nice evening gown because uh, we are talking about style 
um, and we're talking about sartorial elegance on a bicycle. And I think something that Tom Simpson had was a measure of sartorial elegance. I mean, he would have worn the merino wool uh, jerseys of the time. I think he, he spent a lot of time being sponsored by Peugeot and he had the nice uh, checkered black and white uh, top there. Classic. But, but, but in the evenings when they were out on the town, as they used to do, those professional riders in the 1960s, he took on this mantle of the, of the English gentleman. Um, I think he was the son of a miner in Yorkshire, so he wasn't necessarily the kind of born into British aristocracy. But I think the French liked the idea of the English gentleman and they christened him that way. And, and he was happy to play along with the game, which I think was one of the reasons why he was taken to the hearts of, of, of French people. And maybe compared to uh, your average, uh, you know, um, holiday maker in the, in the south of France in the 60s, he would have looked very stylish with his, uh, uh, I'm sure, good, uh, good back and legs and uh, attitude. And what is the French fascination with the English style? Oh, it's, it's not just the French, it's the Italians, it's the Germans. I think the, the Spanish, I think the world over looks towards England or Great Britain when it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, manly elegance. So describing what is manly elegance on a bicycle, Jean-Marie, can you give us some pointers? Efficiency, of course, has to be considered, but uh, one shouldn't be slave to efficiency, uh, especially as town dwellers, as we are here. Um, we th there is a fair amount of uh, of people having to see us, and it's only uh, due respect to look uh, fairly good while uh, uh, strutting your machine. So it's it, so y you believe in natural fibers i presume of course of course Nat natural fibers are the only way uh, the the comfort and natural uh, abilities of of wool and and cotton to a lesser degree are have been well known for centuries and and should be well stuck to uh, so andrea as well as selling some of london's most stylish bicycles and dreaming up some designs of your own such as the london scorcher you're now devoting yourselves to improving the way London cyclists dress with a scheme called prêt à rouler, which is uh, ready to roll, I guess. That's right. Uh, we have a lot of uh, customers who come to the shop and they, <coughs> they would like to have uh, you know, <coughs> something that uh, you know, is not fluorescent and it looks, uh, uh, looks well, looks good when they get off the bike as well. And uh, and there is really not much around. I, I certainly support uh, the idea of uh, natural fibers and uh, both uh, for let's say coats and uh, and the more intimate apparel. Uh, they have uh, you know <coughs> certain properties that uh, um, that still are not being uh, um, matched by. Uh, by artificial fibers. Anyway, so we have a lot of people asking for you know something, and uh, something stylish, or something you know something let's say something normal. You know, I mean, uh, even 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 the normal is uh, difficult to find sometimes. And so we've uh, gathered a number of uh, designers uh, and uh, who have uh, who love cycling, and uh, they've also felt. You know, for their own personal use, they said, "You know, we got to do something." And um, after, so basically, the, the group met in uh, in September, and then um, we have a show in in June. Quite an eclectic uh, range from um, 
weeds and coat and coats and uh, reusing uh, um, uh, organic uh, materials uh, to very nice uh, bags, uh, but uh, that are very functional. So they work well on uh, on the on the bike. It's easy to get on and off. I mean, are there certain colours which are just no-go areas for bicycles? Can you wear a white linen suit on a bicycle realistically? You see, I mean, a Dutch bike has uh, everything is uh, enclosed. I think that the Dutch are perfect indeed for that sort of uh, apparel. So why 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 is a Dutch bike better for wearing a white linen suit? Well, because uh, you don't get you know, it doesn't get dirty. I mean, maybe. The, the the Dutch bike is the is the Vespa of the bicycling world, isn't it? Yes, uh, and uh, you know, you, with a nice big rack, so you can also bring your girlfriend, uh, take your girlfriend uh, on the back, uh, just like a Vespa. And and the ladies also uh, also help there thanks to the uh, I'm not sure what the, the technical word is for the uh, the dress guard. Yes, the dress guard. Oh, the dress or. Uh, skirt guard or, or killed for our friends uh, north of the border right so the dutch bike gets the thumbs up yes but also you see i mean even a uh, now the, uh, there is a company uh, called biomega and they make uh, uh, a danish it's a danish company and they make these bikes with uh, shaft drive so again you know no chain no grease internal brakes internal everything is internal so very very clean and how much do you have to sacrifice in performance to get style would you say well, it, it, it all depends on, uh, on your aims, I suppose. Um, for your average uh, rider in London who, who commutes to, uh, to Central or to, or to somewhere else, I, I don't think that five minutes more or less will, will really matter. I don't think five minutes will, will be that. It's more a matter of, you know, sweating uh, and, and being protected from the, the wind and cold in winter. For many people, that, that that commute is uh, one of the most pleasurable parts of the day. So you know, why rush? Why not uh, you know? Why not take it easy and uh, you know, sit upright and, and enjoy it? So you're having a fashion show uh, this week. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, it's uh, uh, taking place in Shoreditch, uh, and uh, we have a sort of a catwalk where the the models come with bikes and. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's quite interesting also because it has been uh, twinned, let's say, with uh, a um, a project uh, involving teenage schoolgirls, uh, who uh, often people say when they are sixteen they're looking at uh, sort of eighteen year old boys on uh, on car in cars and so they they drop the idea of uh, you know of using bikes, and so the idea is to show that uh, you know you can look good on a bike. And so the, we've <coughs> worked with uh, four schools, and uh, I'd like to mention also uh, Westminster Council and uh, Sustrans have been uh, quite uh, important in this uh, project. And uh, four schools uh, have, uh, have had uh, workshops, uh, I think uh, like eight weeks of workshops, and they've created also their own uh, collections, and they will be showcased in a, in a day show at uh, Pret-a-Roulet. And so that's open to the public, is it, on Thursday night? Thursday night, yes. You know, it's a quite a, a good venue. So, you know, I mean, the, the, I think the response will be quite good. So, you know, turn up early at around 7 o'clock. So we'll put details of that on the Bike Show's website, www.thebikeshow.net, or you can take a look at Velarusian's website, which is velarusian.biz, B-I-Z. 
for information about the uh, the Preta Roulet fashion show. And will there be some things that are going to actually make it to you know production line? Because often people talk about fashion shows and they say, okay, well this is all very well haute couture, this is all prototype stuff. Will there be stuff that is actually going to be available for people to? to take away or to be able to order, you know, sometime soon in the future? Yes, I mean, we have a mixture, actually, of uh, uh, sort of more established names and emergent uh, emergent designers. Uh, so people like Vext. Vext is a company that uh, has been commissioned also by uh, Transport for London, who is the major sponsor of uh, Preta Roulet. And Vext has been commissioned to do a line, a sort of a TFL uh, cycling line, um, which will be <coughs> will not be sh- uh, Vex will show their own collection, and the TFL uh, uh, clothing will be shown at uh, at the the Grand Depart on on the on the seventh. So uh, also uh, a very interesting uh, tailor. Uh, we have some tail- a couple of tailors who work at uh, Savile Row. In uh, they will be showing. Um, uh, one is uh, Guy Hills, which has a, his company called the Dazzling Tweeds. Ah, yes, Dashing Tweeds. Oh, Dashing, sorry. Yeah, no, I've seen that. With I've looked at that with much interest, as has the Tweed Cycling Club, which we must come to in a moment. Now, Dashing Tweeds is quite nice. He's, he's producing some new tweed-style materials which have a scotch light um, woven into them so that you don't see them during the day, but when they get a, the, the light shone brightly at them, you'll see these lines of scotch light you know, material blazing back at you and i think it's been made for the uh, motorcycle market but also i think for the bicycle market and he's come up with a set of of breeks or or plus fours or plus twos uh, which are of course the, the 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 standby for all tweed cyclists definitely you you need to have free movement you need to have your legs working you need to have your 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 bottom of your of the, your trousers of your chain Plus fours are the way forward. Definitely. And there are a couple of films that exhibit the, uh, the genuine article being worn in the 1950s um, in England, which I posted on the Bike Show's website a few um, weeks ago. So take a look at those, uh, because that's something that um, you know, mustn't be missed. Rafa, in fact, those paragons of, of, of very desirable, r- rather expensive uh, cycling gear have just come out with a, a sort of urban plus four um, aimed at the kind of courier um, or wannabe courier market and and so they're obviously catching on but actually i think you're much better off taking a look in your secondhand shop um or you know going out into the countryside and and and, and taking a look through the charity shops and finding yourself a pair of shooting breeks indeed uh, for 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 a song five or ten pounds and you'll have something that will last you forever and keep you in excellent style well we must return briefly to the question of style going beyond looks um, and sartorial elegance for a moment because style isn't just about what you're wearing it's about how you deport yourself the kind of things you do it's the way that you do it but also what you do and a few months ago I was speaking with uh, Philippe Borda who is a um, photographer and formerly a sports writer on L'Equipe which is the leading French um, sports newspaper out every day and he follows cycling very closely and I asked him to define in terms of professional cycling what French style was all about. In France you have two styles. You have the styles of the the failure, the bad luck guy, like uh, the former one called Eugène Christophe who 
broke the fork and repaired himself. He was the hero. He never won the Tour de France. He never won nothing, in fact. But he was all the time uh, obeying the order, obeying the, the rules, terrible rules uh, of the Tour de France. And this man is uh, also reborn in uh, Poulidor, who was failing, who was second. And one part of the people, they think that's the Frenchman. He's suffering, he's waiting, but nothing happened. That's life. And the other one is the anarchist type, uh, like the three brothers at the beginning of the centuries, uh, at the beginning of the century, Francis, Charles, and Henri Pellissier. Those three brothers, they refused the rules. They uh, create a new style. And this type of champion, we find again this style in Jacques Anquetil, who was something like a uh, uh, Saxon uh, young king. He was the man of supernatural uh, behavior. He was telling the people all the time, I'm above, I'm creating something, I am something like a god. And for many French people, it was impossible to accept this type. But this type is one of the French type who was very uh, important uh, during the period of the revolutions in uh, 1830, 1848, and during the Commune. And now this type is was ending with Bernardino, but I am very critical with Bernardino. He has destroyed the magnificent style of Jacques Anquetil, of Louis Ocaña, of Eddie Merckx, because he was just moving and pushing himself for the power and not for the style, not for the manner. He was not pushing himself in this obsession to be the one with a sort of elegance and uh, nobility. He was the man of the power, of the raw power. So this type, this French type of um, proud champion, for me is now ending. The new champions, I mean the champions of the new blood system, new blood doping, which uh, started with uh, Indurain, Capucci, Armstrong, all those people, they will be forgotten. And they are forgotten now at the moment. Indurain is just a ghost for us now. You, you are not able even to remember one special action. It's impossible. Now the, the, the chance of Armstrong is to maintain his memory through doping and doping cases. The, the only people, the recent one, who will maintain a legend is Marco Pantani, like Luis Ocaña. They used doping, they, they told it, but they used doping to make something different. It's terrible on this uh, association, but uh, I think the problem with Indurain and Armstrong, they were just using the new form of power to win, but not to create a style. Well, that was Philippe Bourda, who is writing a book about 
cycling, and I think that's going to be a very, very interesting read. Hi, this is Brent Barber, the founding director of the Bicycle Film Festival, and this is Resonance FM. Ride on until the break of dawn, because you don't stop. Uh-uh. Listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. This is the Bike Show, and we're talking about style. And I think a little bit of music like this helps one think in a stylish way, stay calm. It's not right to uh, listen to heavy thrash music when you're getting ready to bicycle. I think the Tour de France would be a whole different race if this is what they listened to as they they got ready. <laughs> I mean, looking back. Over the history of the Tour de France, in the 60s, they would go out, They would, Jacques Anquetil would stay out all night, drinking champagne with his various women, and then get up. Well, he wouldn't have to get up because he was already up. He never went to bed. <laughs> and he would ride to victory. And now, professional riders, as soon as they're off their bike and they've done the press conference at the end of the race, they're up into the hyperbaric tent, they're having their blood transfusions, they're having their saline injections... They're injecting their testosterone. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> it's not. It's not the same, is it? But, no, but I, we can. We can. We can fix these things, can't we? I think maybe a new a new rule should be added to the Tour de France, where a hearty evening meal, uh, well uh, well watered with with local wines, could be uh, would have to be uh, eaten and and drunk by each competitor. Allowing, uh, allowing uh, more fun, I think, along the race. Well, you have to watch out with that one because I think, uh, well, it was said that Tom Simpson had, in addition to the amphetamines um, that he'd taken, he'd had a bit of brandy or, uh, the, or port at oh, the bottom of the race. Here we are. What is wrong? Brandy or amphetamines? <laughs> it's, it's all about uh, nature versus artifice, isn't it? So what do you wear when you're out and about, Andrea? Well, I mean, the Dutch would, again, going back to the Dutch, they would say there's no need of uh, sort of uh, cycle clothing because uh, you just wear what you, what you wear normally. Um, but surely it gives you an opportunity to show off. You know, you've got that choice of wonderful bicycles in your shop. You know, you must think of a new... Uh, a, a new sort of wardrobe for every bicycle, no? <clears throat> yes, uh, well, I like um, uh, I like the the woolen garments. Uh, I I find it. I remember one uh, not Ventoux like climb, but um, quite similar in uh, mid uh, midsummer, middle of the day, and I had a long sleeve uh, merino shirt, and uh, so I got uh, at the end. It was you know quite drenched, and I, all I did was uh, I put it on uh, <clears throat> a line. And uh, it dried, and I put it back on, and it was uh, totally <coughs> odorless. Fantastic. The virtues of natural fibres. And, of course, natural fibres are something that Rafa, who we mentioned earlier, have brought to 
London and the, and the wider world with their merino wool, sport wool collection. And Rafa are the movers and shakers behind the Smithfield Nocturne, which is a nighttime bicycle race that's going to be taking place around Smithfield Market on Saturday night. Jean-Marie and I will be there spinning a few very fashionably chosen tunes, everything on 7-inch, uh, 45 <coughs> RPM. Um, as is the way, we, we will not be resorting to the compact disc. We in, shall not. In pursuit of elegance. And so hope to see you there. Um, Saturday night from 5 o'clock for 6 o'clock until 10 o'clock. There's going to be a lot of fun things happening there. All kinds of bicycle races. But from me, Jack Thurston, from my two guests, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Come thank back you. Again. Bye-bye. Come back again. And it's farewell and chapeau to all. him here they seek him there his clothes are loud but never square it will make or break him so he's got to buy the best cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion and when he does his little rounds round the boutiques of London town Eagerly pursuing all the latest fads and trends Cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion Oh yes he is Oh yes he is